0: So welcome. My name is Amy. I'm part of the leadership team here at Zio. What I would love for us to do before we go into our preach and our word for today is for you to just turn around to the person next to you or in the row and share one or two things that you are grateful for this week. One or two things that you are grateful for this week. Off you go. Okay. Thank you so much. It's clear that lots of gratitude is already flowing in the house. Hey. If you don't know, we have a rhythm here at ZO Church where we meet all together at the church home in a larger gathering expression of church. This is today. But on the alternative weeks, we do something called Church at Home, where we meet in smaller groups and we scatter to receive and also give God's blessing to each other. And we always start with this question, what are you grateful for? If you have not yet signed up to a church at home, we want to encourage you that God is about small. Smaller expressions of church, and he's also about these larger expressions of church. And this question that we start with at the start of every church at home is actually so key. It's a very good and it's a very grounding question because actually it's an essential key behavior that every single one of us should have as people and as Christians. That is gratitude. You know, I wonder if you could score yourself on a score of one to ten, where would you rate yourself as being someone who is grateful? Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to turn to the person next to you, but what would your score be right now? Because today I want to talk about the revolutionary practice of gratitude and how if we can get a grasp, if we can get a grip on being grateful, how much it could change in us and how much it could change through us. You know, it's interesting that in psychology, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Research has actually shown that gratitude helps people to have more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build stronger relationships. You know, in fact, there were two psychologists who were part of a study in the University of California. And in one study, they asked all participants to write a few sentences each week for 10 weeks, focusing and on particular topics. One group wrote about things that they were grateful for that had occurred in that week. A second group only wrote about daily irritations and things that had displeased them. And a third wrote about events that affected them with no emphasis on positive or negative. Well, after about 10 weeks, it won't surprise many of you to hear that those who had written about gratitude were more optimistic, they felt better about their lives, surprisingly they exercised more, go figure, and they had fewer visits to their GPs and their physicians when they were less focused on their source of aggravation. You know, psychologists have gone as far to have recognized that gratitude appears to have a domino effect. And as we receive gratitude, then in turn, we give gratitude. But it's not just the psychologists who are encouragers of this stuff. The Bible is full of the regular, repeated theme of thankfulness and gratitude. In fact, did you know there are 76, 76 times the word give thanks statements are mentioned That shows us something, doesn't it? So, for example, Psalm 136 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is showing us here, friends, that we have two reasons to be thankful today. God's constant goodness and God's steadfast love. You know, Paul writes in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then here's the theme that we're drilling into, and thank him for all that he has done. Then and listen to that word, then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand, his peace that will guard your hearts and his peace that will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Friends, the reality today is that there is always, always something to thank God for. Even when life is bleak, even when circumstances seem desperately difficult and hard, there's always a reason to thank God for something. And the determined effort for us as Christians to shift from worry to worship is something that will always be difficult. But friends, it works. And it really is the shift that we need if we're battling with ingratitude. You know, if I'm struggling with ingratitude, I often just do this one simple exercise. I walk around my house and I spot anything and everything that can reposition me back to a place of powerful gratitude. I call out the obvious, a kettle, which means I can have a brew, electricity, which means I can be warm, water, which means I can be clean, ears that mean I can hear, and so on and so forth. Sometimes the shift that we need from worry to worship is just found in calling out the obvious. Often we're so focused on the big, big stuff. God's not made that massive seismic situation that we don't take time to spot the daily, small, beautiful blessings of God, which are new each day, friends. This shifts my heart and it shifts my mind. And I encourage you, if you do this exercise too, it will do it. And as we return back to this Philippians verse, you know, I told you to listen up to this word then. It says, thank him for all he has done, then you will experience God's peace that will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we give gratitude, here's the key, friends as we give gratitude, God gives back the gift of peace. As we give back that that, that peace, what happens is, is it fulfills us with peace. It fulfills us with God in our heart. It fulfills us with God in our minds. This is key. This is foundational to what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And friends, it works. You know, Psalm 28 talks about often David's journey as a follower of Jesus, but also a leader. And Psalm 28 cries out about David's distress. He cries out to God in mercy for protection and justice. And after David has cried out for where he needs God's help, he then declares this. He says, praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry of mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song." In the middle of the hardship, guys, he did not wait to give up his praise. In the middle of the problem, he didn't stop to start declaring that God had already made a shift. God had already gone before, going as far as to say, I am helped. Friends, you are helped today. You are helped with whatever you're already longing for and hoping for, whatever you haven't yet seen a shift for. When we make a pivot, when we make a decision to be focused on the praise of Jesus rather than the problem like David, something shifts. And in the midst of all of this hardship, as he shifts, he remembers who God is, and as a result of that, he declares his trust in his following of Christ once again. You know, we know that there were many other faithful women and men of the Bible who did this also. You know, Job, he had a similar attitude of praise. Even in the face of death, he declared, the Lord gave and the Lord God has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So gratitude, friends, gratitude is a a state of being, but it's also a trait. It's a trait that God wants us to develop today. It's a condition. It is well with my soul, but it's a characteristic of those of us who want to follow Jesus that he would want us to adopt. Friends, does anyone need help to be a person of greater gratitude today? Because I do. And here's the good news. He's going to help us today. Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18 says this. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I wonder if you caught that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Thankfulness, friends, as hard as it is, should be a way of life for us, naturally flowing from our hearts and from our mouths. But let's take a reality check right here, because if we're honest, it doesn't come naturally to many of us, does it? Think about it. Every single one of us needs to practice gratitude. We need to develop those muscles. We need to develop that faith perspective of what it looks like to give thanks in all circumstances. It's like if you've ever trained a child, like I don't have kids of my own, but I've been around enough kids myself, that you train a kid to say thank you, don't you, when they're younger nobody is born with the natural ability to say thank you straight away. But as gratitude develops and cultivates in our characteristic, then we start to see what happens when we are people that are grateful, and we see the possibilities of what it brings. Again, if you're training a child about how to say thank you, you often hold back the item, don't you, before they say the precious words, thank you. You're training that child to recognize that Being grateful releases something beneficial to them. And it's the same for us and God. Gratitude releases the gift. God releases the gift as we release the gratitude. God releases the peace as we release the problem. So let me explain this further by turning to Luke 17 if you want to follow with me. Because there's a really powerful story in Luke 17 that talks about how Jesus healed 10 men who were suffering with leprosy. And it says in Luke 17 in this story, if you're following, that all of them were healed. Everybody say, all of them were healed. All of them were healed. healed. They all received a miracle. But here's the shocking statistic of what happened in this story. Only one, only one out of the 10 returned back to give thanks and praise. And if you're following with me, in Luke 17, verse 7 to 18, read with me. It says these words that Jesus said. Didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? You see, it's because of Jesus' grace that all 10 remained healed. But it's clear that Jesus is disappointed with ingratitude. The story actually says that these 10 men, if you scoot up a little bit further, came with a loud voice. They came with a loud voice as their need was so great, but it was only one voice that came back to say thank you. And friends, this is telling, and this is so true of the state and the condition of our human hearts. Would you not say if we were really being honest with ourselves that we shout the loudest when we have the need, but we sing the quietest when we give God the praise? what's all that about friends friends we're all too quick to share the problems rather than the praise Luke makes this special mention in the story, doesn't it? Again, if you're reading on, he mentions the facts that the one that returned was actually a Samaritan, a foreigner, a person who was despised by Jews, a person when you think about it really shouldn't have understood the real importance of praising and thanking and giving gratitude back to Jesus, but somehow he did and he grasped it. And the story says this Samaritan, when he had saw that he was healed, came back. If you read them with me, it says he praises God in a loud voice. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. That, friends is true gratitude, loud and proud, at the feet of Jesus, who deserves our thanks. This guy has no filter on his life whatsoever. And as loud as he was about his problem was as loud as he was with his praise. And friends, there's something that needs to shift in us today, that we are all too often in our human fragility conditioned on being loud about our problem, but being quiet when it comes to being a people of praise. This guy, this this one Samaritan guy is our role model today. He's our example to turn up the sound of gratitude and to turn down the sound of ingratitude. He's our role model that says, if we can just put into practice some of the things he did there today, then how free and how full and how liberated would we be if we can be those people of gratitude? And here's a key thing that happens to him. Because, you know, all these 10 receive a physical healing, a physical miraculous healing of saying now they don't have leprosy anymore. But look what Jesus goes on to say, if you're still reading with me. He says, get up, go on your way, because your faith has made you well. So for the audience of one who's already been physically healed, Jesus then says, your faith has made you well was not this Samaritan already well, even before he'd came back to praise God, even before he'd come back to thank Jesus for all he'd done? Well, yes, he was. But there was something about the Samaritan's thankfulness. There was something about his attitude and his thanksgiving and his gratitude that produced a deeper evidence of the spiritual healing that had happened in his life. And I, friends, believe as we look through this passage, we recognize that the thankfulness actually brought him true salvation, not just the physical act of healing, but lost in the wonder of who Jesus was, Lord and Savior of his life. His thanks released the gift. His gratitude released the gift, and God releases that gift as we release our own gratitude. Psalm 107, verse 1. We're skipping around the Bible today because, as I said, 76 times the word give thanks is encouraged in us. Psalm 107, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord, and listen to this, say so. Turn around to someone next to you and say, Say so. Say so. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Friends, we need to say so. How can we keep this good news of all that Jesus has done to ourselves? We should say so. We should sing so. We should shout so, like the Samaritan did of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. You know, there's a familiar saying that maybe many of us have heard and that familiar saying states that we should have an attitude of gratitude has anyone heard that before we should have an attitude of great gratitude but there's part of me that wants to push back on that statement because i don't believe friends that that's all that we should have attitude without action it is not gratitude we need to put Into, um, We need to put our attitude into action because having an attitude of gratitude doesn't always translate into behavior. At the end of the day, friends, it all boils down to this. A grateful heart needs to produce grateful habits. A grateful heart needs to produce grateful habits. And then here's the cool thing. Then in turn, grateful habits then produce a grateful heart. And being thankful is different to giving thanks. We need to use our mouth and we need to use our actions. That's why the psalmist is saying here in Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And as we say so, faith levels start to rise. And then get this, our grace levels start to rise as well. Because being grateful, friends, when we're truly grateful, that increases being graceful. Let me tell you today, if you are struggling with being graceful, try being grateful grateful. Because grateful Christians grow graceful behaviors. If we are lacking in graceful behaviors right now, it's probably because we are not operating in the practice and the principle of being grateful people. You know, the Israelites spent 40 years, 40 years on a journey that, wait for this, should have took 11 days. It should have took 11 days. They wasted so much time because of moaning and groaning and ingratitude and negativity. And the thing is, the more the years went on, the more they couldn't access the power and the possibility of who God could be in their lives because they couldn't release the praise. And friends, it's true of us today. I don't believe we can get the full measure of God's power and all the possibility of what he wants to do in our life if we don't say so too. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We need to be people, friends that look to make a shift, look to make a pivot. And where we see the problem, be a people that are determined in heart and determined in our minds to give praise. Yes, it is so hard. Yes, it is so tough. No, it will not be easy. But friends, I promise you, I promise you it works. Psychology shows it, but our word shows it, and the spirit of God shows it. You know, to demonstrate this, let me show you this physical example that I'm going to show you here right now, because you may be wondering why on earth has she got a little bowl of ping-pongs here. So friends, as I just kind of like turn us to this physical example, let me just point out to you that all of these ping-pong balls here, they're problems that fill our lives. They need no room for the possibilities of God. They invade our peace. They invade our hearts. They invade our minds. And they create ingratitude in us. And all that complaining and all that ingratitude does is it it looks to rob our soul. It looks to rob our heart. It looks to rob our mind. But like we were saying with that Philippians verse, when we learn how to give thanks, then we receive the praise. Then our hearts are guarded. And then our mind is like Christ. So as we practice gratitude, let me show you what happens. As we practice gratitude, thank you, God, that today I had a cup of tea. As we practice gratitude, thank you, God, today I could wear clothes. As we practice gratitude, thank you today, God, that I drove in a car where other people don't have cars. As we continue to practice gratitude, thank you that I have friends to relate with. Things start to shift as we continue to be a people that says, Lord, I want to thank you that mercies are new with you each day. God, I want to thank you that in you there are endless possibilities and endless praise. And friends, here's the reality like we can keep going and things can keep shifting. It doesn't mean to say that the problems go away. We're not talking about that. Life is hard. Yes, we've all got things in this room that we're battling and we're contending with. But look, it does not invade our hearts and our minds to the point where we are suffocated and drowned by ingratitude. But what it does is it lifts our spirits, it lifts our countenance, and it gives us an opportunity to say we will not be focused on the things that are going wrong, but we will be focused on the God who will always be our Emmanuel our God with us. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 19. Just two more scriptures. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. That's a big do not, friends. Do not quench the Spirit. Could it be that Paul is saying here in this verse that a lack of rejoicing, a lack of prayer, a lack of worship, a lack of gratitude could quench the Spirit? I actually think that that is what it's suggesting. I actually think that it can block the flow of what God wants to do in us and through us. And so friends, as we reflect and meditate on that challenging "do not today, I want to ask you today, as I ask myself, are you quenching the spirit of God in your life because you're dwelling more with ingratitude than you are with gratitude for all God has done and wants to continue to do in your life? Are you possibly living? All of the wonderful blessings and presence of God that He wants to do in your life because you haven't actually sought and taught and put into practice what it looks like to be a person of gratitude. So, how do we grow in grateful habits? How do we grow with grateful hearts? Well, friends, today we're going to pray. And we're going to really believe that this if this is a battle for many of us, that we would see a shift and that we would starve the oxygen of ingratitude in our lives. And we would cultivate the habit of gratitude increasingly, that we would practice and we would recognize, like we've preached before here in Zio, that practice makes progress not perfect. We will never be perfect with battling with gratitude and getting that to be a habit, but we can get better, friends. We can make progress. I want to encourage us all today as we pray to find one or two grateful habits that we could do this week that would continue to shift this mentality in us in church. I want us to be known in this church that people would walk past us and go, wow, those people are grateful. Those people are thankful. Psalm 118, the final scripture for today. 118 verse 24 before I invite the band up. Thank you. This is a day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, Every day is a day to be grateful. Every day is a gift from God. Every day is a day where we can remember afresh and again that Jesus died for us so that we could live. This day is the day where we can make a choice to rejoice about the fact that Jesus rose and he defeated death so that we could experience the full measure of his love. This is the day where if we make a choice to rejoice, we could see God's work in our life once again afresh. A day where his miraculous touch could bless our lives in new and incredible ways. A grateful heart needs to produce grateful habits. And so just as the band start to pray quietly today, I want to encourage you to think about What is your takeaway for today? Where do you feel God might have nudged you or challenged you? God, we do not want to quench your spirit. We really don't. We don't want to settle for limited thinking, limited peace, limited infilling of your spirit in our hearts and our minds. We don't want to quench you, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now that you would be helping every single one of us that is battling with ingratitude. Where the problems just seem so huge that then it starves the oxygen of us being able to give you praise. Firstly, we pray that you would forgive us, God. But secondly, we pray that you would activate something in us today, Lord, that we would have a grateful heart. And as this simple illustration has shown us today, Lord God, We want to pray that our souls would be healthy, God. We want to pray, Lord, that we would not be consumed and filled by all of the things that are going wrong, but we would be consumed and filled by a wondrous heart which wants to know you more, experience you more. Receive your touch today.